Tonight is an important message for every veteran out there. We have Angela Ziegler on, who is a wife of a Marine, in which I apologize for that being Navy. <laughs> but also, her husband's name is Jesse. And I know Jesse's having a, you know, a, a lot of hard times and a lot of issues going on with what he's going through. But this is, a, this is an important marriage, uh, uh, not almost a marriage, a message. Because this is about being a wife while you were in till now. Yes. And, and also, it's an important message because not only is he your one and only, your, your, your love, but you're also the caregiver. Yes. And so let's first go in and talk about when y'all got married, when he went in the military and, and you know, where all y'all were stationed at. And then we'll get into the cahoots of everything. All right. We got married in 89. He went in, in 89. He got out in 93 because he was ill. And he was up for being a, a CO and he couldn't pass the test. A corporal in CO. I'm, I apologize. That's and, <laughs> and he couldn't pass the test because he couldn't comprehend what he was reading. So he got out. And we lived in California. He was stationed at Camp Pendleton. And now we live in Florida. So when he went over to Desert Storm, correct? He was over in Desert Storm and probably Southern Watch at that too. He went over at the end of December um, in October, I want to say. He came home from work, went back the next day, and everyone that was on base was gone. Huh. Only people who lived off base were there. And so it was hurry up and wait, hurry up and wait. We hmm. celebrated uh, Christmas on Thanksgiving because we didn't know when he was leaving. And at the end of December, he left. And he was there until, I believe, April. Of 91? Yes. Okay. And, and this is important because, you know, you said in 93, he's, he already started having memory problems. But was he having other problems on top of that? It was before 93. 93 right. when he went to the San Diego VA because all of our friends noticed it and it was getting hard at home and I made him go to the VA. That is a Marine wife right there. Anybody that tells their husband you're going to go and he's a Marine. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I tell, tell, tell you what, to go through what you've gone through is amazing. And uh, and thank you for it, because not a lot of spouses uh, can can handle, you you know, the stuff that he's been going through, and so, I that's where I want to get into <clears throat> how how would we say it um the presumptives and the conditions and everything like IBS GERD. Uh, all of it, fibromyalgia. Is he connected with, with a lot of that stuff? He's not service connected for anything physical, except for his wrist. He wow. broke his when he was in, and they service connected him for that. Um, he's service connected for PTSD. Understandably. Even then, though he was he was diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome, IBS, fibromyalgia. Um, let's see. 
COPD, emphysema, a wow. whole list. They diagnosed him for that via the VA? At Walter Reed. Shut and, the front door. I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand why they couldn't make that that well. There's a lot of things that don't make sense to me when we're talking about our VA, but that makes exactly zero sense. Um, so what, are, what were, uh, so Angelo, what, was, what, what are the first uh, type of things that he was, uh, um, some, of, some of the things that were happening that were noticed off the, right out the gate? Um, the IBS. Sure. Memory loss. Yeah. The pain in his body. Um, he's been complaining about his lower back for since 94. Um, the anger issues. Huh. Yeah. And even saying... people yeah. that didn't live near us. And spoke to him on the phone. Notice it. That's interesting. But see, that's, that I, I think that that's what gets me is the VA even noticed it because number one, it's in his charts, and yes. I, you know, I, IBS. Have y'all refiled on that any of that stuff at all? Not yet. The last uh, BSO we went to. Uh, he told me to go home, go to a website. I don't even remember the website because I was so upset and prove to him. Oh Lord. Are you kidding me? Okay. It, it, in the, my health vet that, and it says, uh, uh, progress notes and all that stuff. It has the diagnosis in there. Does it say IBS? I don't believe it does because it was before 2006. Right. But has the VA recently, has he been diagnosed with any of that stuff? No. Okay. Possibly IBS because he just had a colonoscopy two weeks ago, three weeks ago. And I specifically asked, that was through community care. And I specifically specifically asked if they were going to diagnose him with that. Oh. They removed four precancerous polyps from his colon. Um, and then he has some kind of uh, infection they don't know about. And we have to do more tests. Yeah. yeah. Now I I did hear about that with the Gold Four vet. Some of them that that I, that I've talked to that they found some type of infection, but they don't know exactly what it is, and it's like almost undiagnosed. Yes. So, but the good thing is, is you're going to get that checked out, and and which is great. When I tell I tell you what, when I had to do that colonoscopy and they made me drink that stuff. Yeah. I'm telling you, all it was was Epsom salt. I don't give a crap what anybody says. It was Epsom salt. <laughs> oh, not good. Oh my God. It's it's terrible. I I know that. So, so let's talk about the VA and your dealings with them. I have literally heard horror stories about Florida. Yeah. But what exactly is going on with the VA there? So we go to a clinic, it's a large clinic, but we go there and they don't acknowledge Persian golf vets. Um, mostly what we get is that he's just getting older, even though we have documentation that one more thing he was diagnosed with at 24 was osteoarthritis. Wow. And they say now, like, he'll go in and tell the doctor, you know, my hips really, really hurt. And they'll say it's because you're getting older. 
was he uh so in in, in as a marine uh, uh, angela was he uh was he infantry or do you know what his job was while i was in he was a cannon cocker okay okay what the hell okay. was a cannon cocker i was in the navy i don't know anything about cannon cocters or, or artillery oh okay awesome okay well, I'm glad. So all you Navy guys that are probably laughing at me, I didn't know it. So, <laughs> but I, 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 I do. I find it interesting that all this stuff is documented before time, and you have paperwork on it. I have all of his records. Yeah, my recommendation is skip over a VSO and go straight to an attorney. Ditto. Ditto. Yep. Absolutely. It it it, it isn't a choice now. If your no. VSO officer is saying, go home and prove it to me, and you brought the proof already, yeah, you don't need any more proof. If it was written back then, he still has the same shit today. Yeah, it kind of aggravates me that a VSO told you to go home and prove it. That just that would make my blood boil out the gate. Um, because they're just they're panning off their the very job they're put in position to do, as far as I'm concerned. Well, they're I mean, there to help the state. And they're there to help the people in the state to bring in more federal money for helping the veterans and stuff. That's what it's for. So he actually told us, I wanted, he has granulomas in his lungs. He has, his spleen is full of granulomas. Um, he has nodules in his lungs. He has a cyst now on his liver. And I want him service connected for something physical. And he actually told me that I should be happy that he had 100% PTSD. And all he has to do is live another eight years. Oh, that somebody had the nerve to say that to you? Why in the hell did they say uh, another eight years? Because 100% he's, he's had it for two years. Oh. And so now he has to hit the 10 year mark. But, and, and so for everybody that don't really understand this, just because you hit a hundred percent on PTSD doesn't mean that they won't come back and take it away. Some of it. And, and, and also some of the other stuff that he has ailments, the VA may not see him. I have learned that some VAs, that you go into, or if you get sent to the emergency room for other issues than what you're connected with, they don't pay the hospitals. I learned that today. There's a guy that has a $29,000 bill because he had to go to the emergency room. And the VA told them that we're not paying for it because it's not service code connected. But uh. he's... He's only 60% disability, but his insurance is covered under the VA. I'm thinking to myself, who in the hell are you talking to? I was like, put him on the phone. I'll talk to him. They're all supposed to be covered. Correct. But they're putting people inside the VA that don't know what they're doing. That's, that, that seems to be the biggest problem. And and I and I'm not talking about doctors, guys. I'm not talking about doctors. I'm not talking about that. Everybody who I deal with has been really good. The people I have a problem with is when you go to NHI VES for service connected stuff. Because they see you one time, they do not do a physical on you, they do not check you. They sit behind that damn little computer. See, now I'm getting mad. I'm sorry. And they just type. They ask you about four questions. You're out the door and you're automatically not, not, not connected. And, and, and that to me is the most irritating thing in a freaking world that I'm running into with a lot of veterans. And in your case, I would skip a VSO, go straight to an attorney. As a matter of fact, uh, after we get off of the, the air, uh, I, I know one, and Denise Nichols knows one. And I think she probably gave it to you, correct? 
Yes. Okay. Yes. Because that right there is totally uncalled for. Because with me, in which I've said this on program four, I was diagnosed in the military coming out. You know, they give you your paperwork coming out. And it tells you everything you are service-connected while you were in. Did you did you know that, John? Say again? When you get out of the service, they give you a medical record that literally states everything you're already service-connected with. And you take it to, to the VA. Well, so when I... It's kind of interesting you put that. So when I... When I was ETS prior, like last week, they put us, those of us who are ETS and put us in a room and say, and basically, not basically, that it was verbatim, put down on here any problems that you have now that you didn't have before you came in the military. And now, uh, like Jesse, for example, being in the Marines, I don't know how they handled that. It's kind of because, Angel, when you told me in an 89 and ETS in 93, I went, my second enlistment was 89 and I ETS in 94. And we, so Jesse and I were over there essentially the same time. Now I was in the engineers, you know, Jesse was probably, you know, because of what his job entailed. I mean, um, you know, (laughs) that's just a, I mean, not. To, I think it doesn't matter what your job was while you're over there, but once you explain that, I'm like, oh Lord, and he was, um, yeah, pro, you know, and yeah, I, I'm not going to say in closer proximity because we were all in close proximity um, because it's called war. I mean, you know, you're not, we're not, we weren't, you know, not. I was going to say we weren't dropping bombs, but even the guys who were dropping bombs, stuff still in the air. So, I. Uh, Anyway, when I when I got out, you know, they asked me, do you know of anything different now? And at that time, you're like, yeah, okay. You kind of know something's different, but you don't you don't necessarily know how to put pen to paper on that. You know, you're at a loss because you're like, number one, you know, a lot of us didn't necessarily serve that long. Some were lifers, some 10, 15, whatever the time frame was. And if you served longer, you're going to know that more. But in my case, second enlistment, total active duty was just under, um, well, act, uh, just under 10 years. But I didn't know what my problems were. You know, unlike Jesse, he, you know, and you told me, Angela, that his friends and, and you obviously knew something wasn't quite right, but it's kind of hard to put your finger on things. You know? He know. He knew things were wrong. Okay. And and when they came back, I don't know what they asked him, but as a Marine, pardon my language, you can't be a pussy. <laughs> right. And, and so a lot of them, and when I say a lot of them, a lot of our friends kept what was wrong to themselves. Yeah, that's kind of what, uh, yeah, that's, I think that's along all the, all the, I think that's a fair statement amongst everything, but, you know, especially when I'm going to say, especially, I'm, I'm kind of redacting the same thing I'm going to say, but I mean, a Marine, mil, I mean, anybody in the, in the military, suck it up and drive on and you don't want to admit that you have issues, because that's like, you know, say I'm, I'm weak, and, right. you know, right off say again brush the dirt off yeah exactly keep going but yeah. i know i know when he came home he had hard times with pts like when they ran he had hard times with that and he kept on going kept on going and then when he got out it was like a change and we could go and seek help. Yeah, a, a lot of things did change. I, I I think a lot of things start changing at the end of 92. I, I really do. Um, I, I, I don't know what it was. I think a lot of things changed. But I, like, like for me, I mean, I immediately, I knew something was wrong three months after. 
I mean, heck, they were sticking IVs and filling me up full of fluids while while I was in. Uh, they rushed me to the hospital twice. They, they took me to the hospital. And what was so funny, what the VA went off of me back in 95 was when I filed for my GERD. And I did file for it because it, it says, yeah, I was, I, I had Gilbert syndrome. I had uh, kidney stones. I had uh, digestive system disorder. I had uh, a GERD. And I forgot what the other one was, uh, fatigue. And so when I went and I, and when you get out, you go, you handle the V the VA, your paperwork. And right there, they're supposed to say, okay, this is what you're connected, 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 connected. What's funny is, is what the VA don't realize is, is I literally have paperwork that says digestive disorder connected in 1995. Uh. In 95, connected 0% because they didn't know exactly what it was. Down below, it says connected with uh, uh, kidney stones and this, this, and this. But the part I think that gets me the most is I filed for the GERD and they told me, no, I did not have it. But yet it's on my paperwork shows I, I do. So then they diagnosed me with it in 2016. I filed for it then. Then I wanted back pay all the way back to 1995, where I first filed and said, there's no proof of evidence at, at all. And they still say there's no evidence I had it back then. But my paperwork says it. I don't get it. And th I think that's what you're going through, Angela. Exactly that. You have the paperwork that says it, correct? Yes. And then how in the hell do you think it just goes away? No. It gets worse over time. And you said something to me about the cyst on the liver. Yes. Okay. That's new. Right. I have a cyst on my... Uh, I have several cysts on my liver but they call it simple cyst. And the hell's that supposed to mean? A simple cyst isn't a cyst a cyst? Define simple cyst. I mean, if it's not supposed to be there, it's wrong, right? I mean. Oh, no, it gets worse. I have a cyst on my kidney. Uh. In my paperwork, it says renal kidney disease. But nobody can tell me what I have for renal kidney disease. But it says renal kidney disease. Okay. And whenever I tell my wife that, my wife's like, that's bad. That's bad. But the VA is saying it's not, not, not bad. And so in my gallbladder, I either have a gallstone or a cyst. They don't know which one. If it's a cyst, it's very cancerous. And they, they, they need to take it out. But they're like, hey, we're going to wait. I'm like. Oh, and, and of course, Angela, you probably know this. If, if, if Jesse's gone in recently, because I personally have gone in. I've had, um, as we all do, a lot of us have abdominal issues and i said okay this is different what's going on doc she sent me in well we can't do it with contrast because contrast is in shortage and it's not just in the va it's all across our nation it was kind of strangely enough as we were watching the news that very night that i had my my uh after i, I had this uh uh ct scan done across the bottom it scrolled that the contrast is is a, is a shortage. So if you need that contrast for the doctors to see the things that maybe they couldn't normally see, um, good luck with that. So I mean, it's uh, one of the things that uh, I, I learned. And then and then after everything was said and done, in my case, Doc goes, I don't see anything. And I questioned her about the contrast. She goes, oh, no, you know, the stuff that you drank should have showed up everything. 
unless there's something bad with, uh, I don't know what she said, liver or something else. But if you want to, you know, I can send you a gastroenterologist if you want. And I'm like, I already been down this road. I already know what right. they're going to tell me. Nada is what they're going to tell me. We don't know anything. Um, but I can't sit there and tell them no, because if I sit there and tell them no, it's like I'm giving up. Well, I'm not going to give up. Um, but even like, we all kind of like, well, some bitch, you know, <laughs> we got to keep moving forward and try and hopefully come up with something. I don't knock on wood as we speak. I'm not aware of any cysts on anything like yourself, Kevin. What 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 would you say? What would you say the latest? And I'm, I'm I'm being sarcastic here. The latest and greatest with Jesse's condition was Angela. What did just what they just find out? Um, they removed four polyps precancerous from his colon, and he has an infection. Oh boy. Okay. And they are going to do an endoscopy. But okay. Back to 94, he had an infection in his colon and he had a cyst on his duodenum. Okay. Which is intestines. So it's it just seems like it's moving. Yeah. Oh. And they don't acknowledge it. Now is 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 uh, is your husband a bigger person? Like my I'm six two, about two eighty. So I'm a pretty good sized guy. He is five eleven and a half and he weighs one eighty-two. So a pretty pretty thin guy, really, then I'm guessing. Yeah. Okay. Do you go to all of his do you go to all his appointments? Yes. Now, listen up, husbands, wives, kids that are caregivers for their parents, for any VA. When you go into these VA doctors or you go to any of them, take notes. If your state allows you to me, I don't have a, why wouldn't they let you record it? Record it on your phone because I'm telling you, when you go in, you see these doctors, they do not put everything they say on that document. No, they don't. Or they change it. Or they change it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or they change it. Yeah. Their needs. My last neurology appointment, Angela, that doctor told me that he didn't believe in Gulf War illness. <laughs> It's about the time you wanted to punch him, right? <laughs> no, I just looked at him and I told him he's 26 and, you know, he wasn't even a twinkle in anybody's eye then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's. But you ran into a lot of issues with the VA, correct? Yes. I want you to go oh. over some of them. I have been escorted out of the VA. I can't even count how many times. Oh. Uh, Oh yeah. Really? Because I fight for my husband. Huh. And that one time we took him there and it was with a PC and he was sick and they took him back. And I'm like, I need to go back with him. And they said, no, you can't. And I said, I don't think you understand. He will not remember anything that happens back there. I need to go with him. Uh. him back asked him if I was abusing him asked him if I was feeding him <laughs> and the whole time I'm running around trying to find somebody in charge and I got escorted out uh. that's bullcrap wow. that, that's more bullcrap that, that's that bullshit because I mean number one you're the caregiver you're the yes. one there to help him. And it's not like you're a, a stranger. You're his wife. You were married to the man while he was in the Gulf War. Yes. I, I mean, that's what I don't get. And see, I, I know you've had it probably rougher than most wives. 
because a lot of wives, like say my my wife, we didn't get married till I was about ten years out after the Gulf War, and so you got to see not only him but his friends go through the same same problems. Oh yes, oh yes, and they were you know. I can go back. I got a message on Facebook from one of his friends. I messaged them because I'm trying to gather information. And I got a message from one of his friends. And he said they were put in front of the grunts. And they were direct firing. My husband was on the 50 cal on a five ton. You know, they had to drop and load and shoot. The Cobras had to come in and take the rest of the, the Iraqis out. And his friend said to me that that's when they were gassed. Mm. And he didn't have the right oculars, I believe is what he said, in his gas mask. And now the right, the right filters, in other words, right? Yes. So now he has to go, he's going into a study right now to try to figure out what's wrong with his eyes. Because his eyes are all messed up from when they were gassed. And they were in full mop port. Oh, yeah, so much fun. And, and this is the crazy part. Because uh, how do you, do you know about the chemical alarms? And, um, so my husband was in task force Papa Bear, which was one of the leading task force that reported the most alarms and our government negated every single alarm, every single one. Well, let's talk about the negligence of it all, because... I'm glad they passed the PACT Act. And I'm going to get into this right now. I'm glad that they passed the PACT Act, but they watered it down. 23 presumptives. Okay. But what most people don't understand, and I don't feel America's united like it used to be. Something happened after this virus, and we're so divided. But how can we be divided on veterans? How can we? Because everybody should have been calling their senators. The message was out there. University of Texas reported that we were sprayed with sarin. It was diluted. People don't understand. It, that's not a fast death. It's a slow, very painful death. And... I mean, I'll tell everybody right now, the skin on the bottom of my feet is peeling off. But I still go to work every day. And uh, it, 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 we, my wife going nursing, we looked it up. We know what, what, what it is. It's, it's from my neuropathy. But it's very painful. It's like I have meat just under, underneath my feet and I walk on them all day. But I do it because I have to. I do it because I know the VA is not going to do anything. Everybody has to take care of themselves. But everybody in their family has a veteran. I don't care who you are. Somewhere down the line from the Civil War all the way up, you have a veteran that has fought for your rights, for your freedom of speech to get out there you know, for all your, your amendments. Why can't we unite the people and come together and talk about the forgotten war? You know, I had to literally, I had a guy come out and tell me, you know, World War II didn't complain. Korean War guys did, didn't complain. But they started complaining in Vietnam, Desert Storm, all the way up. And I said, well, let, let's talk about that. This is my pers perspective on it. And, and every, somebody might have a different perspective than how I look at it. In World War I, 
they were there to go over and save lives and do what they had to do to stop the Germans from what they did. The Korean War, same thing, North Korea, South Korea, all that, okay? But when you got to Vietnam, there was no more pride in that war because they didn't never declare it a war. And shame on that president for doing that, putting our guys like that. And then they got chemicals sprayed on them by our, our own government that it took them 50 years to freaking come out and say it. Desert Storm. Y'all correct me if any part I'm saying this wrong. Desert Storm. I'm not saying our government did it. Iraq did it. Saddam did it. They knew he did it. But they won't come out and admit it. So you have all these congressmen, all these senators sitting there wanting to pass the the one side wants to pass a full act that's going to take care of all the way, all the way back to here to there. Then you got one that wants to go from here to there. I don't get it. Why? Why are the vets now being treated poorly? Can any of y'all explain that to me? They're hiding something. Because if they were to come out and say that we have sarin gas, mustard gas, P-tabs, the anthrax shots, They'd have to pay a whole lot of freaking people. Yep. We're not asking for money. We're asking for y'all to come out and admit it, tell us exactly what is going on with our bodies, and fix it. But I think it's too late to fix. I really do. I think. Yeah, I don't think they're they're not going to be able to fix anything. We have to do what we're doing here and helping one another out. Just like you know, Kevin, that I had gone on. um, I think as you suggested to me, I was looking for um, help as to, okay, something new and different. And I got a ton of responses from, hey, brothers, sisters, help me. What are y'all experiencing? And like, like your husband, Angel, a lot of, a lot of the same things. A lot of, I hear a lot of things that I can't hardly wrap my eyes or my, 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 my brain around as to what some of, the, some of the people have said that they've experienced and what they're dealing with. And a lot of them just give up because I don't know. And we just kind of, we just kind of have to learn to accept it. Some of them have said, um, which like, 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 like Andrew, like, you, like we know, like, like your husband's thought mentality. We, we, we don't give up. We don't know how to give up. That's not in our DNA <laughs> and we keep on. That's why we ask. That's why we do this podcast. Like, how can we help one another? What does that one person out there know that we don't know that they just haven't had the opportunity to share because they didn't have the platform to do it on? And if we know, we're going to tell it, you know. But, um, if but, we- but John, here's my thing. And, and only Angela can answer this. I can't. You can't. For caregivers, explain to us how hard it is. Yeah. It's hard. Um, he, I check on him all night long to make sure he's breathing, um, to get him to the doctors, which I trusted him to do on his own there for a while. And he didn't. So now I have to go to every doctor's appointment with them, uh, on our children, the knife hand because that's the Marine Corps way is the knife hand. Making sure he takes his meds, watching him have seizures and taking him to the hospital for seizures and they can't figure out why he's having seizures. Throwing up randomly. Um, The whole mental part of it. It's just all <laughs> right. mind-consuming. But not only that. You hardly have probably had sleep over the years. You probably cried your eyes out over the, the years. I, I mean, and you didn't just do it for him because you helped out friends and stuff like that. And... You contact his friends. I, I mean, it, you're, you're more kind of like the mama bear uh, uh, of the group. Yes. 
I am. And like my my wife takes great, great care of me. John's wife takes great care of him. And definitely we would never say they don't, especially on air, you know. <laughs> but uh, I, I have a great family, great support group. And I think it's important to have a, a good group of friends, family that stick behind you. And you've been doing that. And I mean, our kids are affected, of course, along with, you know, they got issues too. And yes. I don't know if you want to go into that. Uh, you, you know, it's totally up to uh, uh, up to you uh, about because, like, my daughter, she's got problems from what I did while while I was out there. I pass it on to her. Oh, he definitely passed it on. And I think, you know, we have a 32, a 30, and a 20-year-old. And mm -hmm. I think the 32-year-old is affected by it. Because when he came home, as a military wife, it's your job to wash their camis and take care of all that. And our 32-year-old, he wore his cover and wore his jacket, you know, because he was so happy daddy was home. He's been on heart meds since he's 24. He's on psych meds. Um, our 30 year old, she has um, altered DNA she has um, endometriosis and there's numerous other things that she won't talk about because it's hard for her. Um, and then our, our 20 year old, he has deformed kneecaps. He's broken one knee twice and the other knee once. And he has memory problems. He's only 20. And you can have a conversation with him. And he doesn't remember it. You can ask him something. And he doesn't do it. Because he doesn't remember the conversations. It's and along, you know, our 32-year-old, I asked him for a list. And I completely think that he forgot. I believe, and I, I, I know there is a, a Gulf War illness for babies and stuff like that. I can't believe that there has not been a Facebook page for Gulf War children. The children of the Gulf War and get together and communicate with each other and help and talk because that will heal a lot of of, of stuff out there because I've talked to people that like, you know, I, I pass this on to my kid. I mean, you, you, you know, it, it's not like we went over there and said, Hey, we want this and we're going to give it to your kids. Take these damn jeans. You know, I mean, my kids are screwed anyway because they get short legs as it is. And they got to scoot their car seat all the way up. So they reach the gas pedals, but I, I gave them more. And, and, I mean, as a child, they shouldn't have to go through it. But I hope with a lot of people listening that their loved ones have been in the Gulf and they're a product of the Gulf War veterans, <laughs> I guess I could say, is listen to this program. Y'all are not the only ones out there dealing with it. Y'all just haven't connected with it yet. Y'all have not created a group. And that's what we're missing. We are missing anybody in the Gulf War. You got Gulf War Illness. You got Gulf War Illness Truth. You got, you know, Operation Truth. You got Gulf War Side Effects. You got all these websites. But nobody's joining. I think a lot of them, like... In my husband's group, there's been a lot 
who have dropped off and nobody knows where they're at. And they're and, angry. Well, they're, they're angry, but they don't want to think about it. Like we went through a time period where it was raise the kids. We can't do this. You know, we have to raise our children. We have to concentrate, build our lives, even though we still went to the VA. And we've always been open with our children. Always. All three of them know. All three of them understand. Our oldest is in denial. Um, our youngest, he's always been, I don't want to go to the doctor because I've seen the meds that they put my husband on. And I didn't want my children on a lot of medications. Right. So he sort of grew into that. But now he's saying to me, you know, mom, I can't remember. Like, I, I don't remember things. So now he's asking to go to the doctor at the age of 20, which huh. we have in July to go with my doctor, who knows the whole story, and do some tests and some blood work and see where we go from there. But it's scary, you know, and you sort of adapt to it and you work around it. I worked many years. I worked 70 hours a week. And we all adapted to it and we all worked around it, even though my husband was sick and, you know, you deal with it. You, you do. You, you totally deal with it. Right. But when you have, you know, we took in a, a guy who, huh, this is like four years ago, who was, um, didn't have a place to live. So we took him in and he started working with my husband. And then he started telling me stories about my, how my husband would hold his breath and they'd have to leave jobs early because my husband would be saying to him, you know, I got to go. I got to go now. And then he'd have a seizure because he knew what was coming on. So he and I started sort of watching it, you know, and he'd let me know how bad it was. And luckily it was him and not somebody who didn't care. But you have to be present and you have to acknowledge what's going on. And you have to fight for what's going on, even though the fight's hard. Right. You fight. Right. You got to take the rain, the the reins from the horse, and just go with it. Go, go forward. Keep moving. You can't give up. You got to stay positive. You got to do this. And, but I think more opening up helps. It it, it does. It, it, some people don't want that and which is fine you you know i like i tell everybody yeah hey heck i put my cell phone out there you call me anytime you can send me a, pri a private message you can talk to me anytime you don't have to come on air uh you know and trust me i talk to a lot of veterans john talks to a lot a lot of veterans and we're getting them help we try to get them in, into the right direction but the one thing we we don't see a lot of and which we should brag a whole lot more of is people like you, the caregivers, the family members, the sons, the daughters, the moms, the, the dads that see what their, you know, family member is going through. And in, in, in your case, I, I, I commend you. Thank yeah. You. I tell you what, Angela, you're a really strong woman. You remind me a lot of my wife because you, I think, because um, I know a lot of a lot of husbands and wives haven't made it through this, um, and a lot of because of the veterans and be what what they've been through, and it takes. And I'm not saying the people that didn't make it through aren't aren't strong. There's a lot of there's a lot of things that happen that some people can't can't handle. But um, sounds like you've done a phenomenal job. 
and are continuing and you're fighting for your husband. So, and not that you're looking for a thank you, but thank you, <laughs> you know, um, that, but it's been a rough. rough. Yeah. It's been, it's been a rough go. I bet. And, and Hey, it, 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 it gets, it's, it's always going to be rough. You're going to have good days and bad days. But no, you got a support group. If you need us, you call us, talk to us. I, I mean, we'll, we'll be there for you. you. You got my cell phone number. You got everything. So if you got Denise, you got John, you got me. If y'all, you need to talk, hey, I, I'm trying to figure this out. But I do recommend you going go to get an attorney. But in that, it. it in another sense, which I'm not going to really sway off a topic, but I am <laughs> because that's what I like to do sometimes. With caregivers and with all with everything that you you have gone through, and I I, I wouldn't really say your 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 wife, you, you know y'all y'all husband and wife, you, you y'all are married. But the, for the ones out there that have lost their, their, their wives because their wives left them because they couldn't handle it. And for the ones who are still struggling, husband and wife, because the wife doesn't understand. What's a good message that you could give them? Get counseling. We go to, we have my husband's main therapist who's awesome. She's like, <laughs> she got me um, into the caregiver program, even though I'm not supposed to be because of the time periods for the caregiver program. Um, I go to psychiatrist appointments with them. I, I go everywhere with them and I ask and I talk. And sometimes, honestly, I get yelled at and I get <laughs> told the story, what he remembers, because he doesn't remember everything. But you have to care and you have to get in to understand what they're going through because what they're going through we will never go through as spouses as spouses quite honestly we went through a lot you know i mean your husband being away half your marriage you go through a lot you're raising kids by yourself when he had to call me when he was over in the gulf and tell me what would happen if something happened to him? I lost it. But now, I, and he'll tell you, he can't live without me because I know every night he has to take these meds. I know when his doctor's appointments are, they call me. They don't call him. They call me and set up his doctor's appointments. I have power of attorney, durable power of attorney to make sure that everything's taken care of because I want him to be okay. Even though I know that possibility probably isn't there, um, but I want to help him live as long as he can. And we joke like he can't find words and go to say something it'll come out with some weird word in the middle of it and we laugh about it and we joke about it because that's all you can do can't fix it i make sure he takes his meds you know when his head stops starts bobbling and it's two o'clock in the afternoon I'll say, hey, did you take your meds? And then I get yelled at, yes, I took my meds. <laughs> okay, now, now you just said something about the head bobbing. Yeah. Does he take Primadone? Uh, no. That's what they put me on. 
for my tremors and my head bobbing. I think it's gabapentin. Okay, gabapentin because of nerve. They're they're saying I mean tremors are part of nerve, but they put me on Promidone. Let me tell you, talk to your doctor about that. It will clear his head up. Also, Primadone. Primadone. I my head used to be. Don't get me wrong; it's still a little bit brain fogged sometimes. But when I took that medicine. Three days later, it changed my life. How long have you been on that, Kevin? I, I've asking. only been on it for, what, two two months now. And I so can tell reason, you. Because, the reason I asked that question is, is when Angela said the head shake and you asked about the head shake, I noticed it while we're videoing. Initially, you, you would do this, and now I don't see that anymore. I, I, I so, don't do it nearly as much as I used to. I don't shake as much as I used to. My tremors are a lot better. But it helped clear up my head. Mm. And I, I mean, there was one guy, he says, he swears by it. He went back to work after it. He, he had no more brain fog. And I thought he was full of shit. And I'll <laughs> be the first one to say it. And the doctor gave it to me. And I was like, oh, Promodone. I took it. Three days later, I start seeing a change. Two months later, I'm asking him, can I go up on it, see if it'll clear the rest of the brain fog? Mm. But I, I can honestly tell you that for tremors, Promodone. It, it, talk, talk to the neurologist. He's, that's, that's who did, did mine. And I'm not on gabapentin. I was on 2,700 milligrams of it. Now I'm on yep. Lyrica. I'm on the highest dose. Next thing is amputation. That's what the doctor said. But you ain't amputating me. I'll work until I'm 97. I don't care how bad I hurt. How do you feel with Lyrica? How do I feel with Lyrica? Yeah. Man, Ly Lyrica wasn't bad because I went from gabapentin to, to because I'm with 2,700 milligrams to low Lyrica. It didn't mess me up. What screwed me up was they added, when I went to 2700 milligrams, some Balta. When they put my little ass on some Balta, hell, I fell down the stairs. I would get huh. up out of bed. I fell against the wall. I mean, I fell out of my bathtub. And Ooh. I, and I, I mean, I, and I almost was at the point like I, I was. Email my doctor, man, hey, you got to take me off some Balta. And I'm not, I don't have PTSD. I, I, I don't have that. I'm on some Balta because of my, my neuropathy. So I want to let everybody know that. I, I, I'm not on it for depression. If you know me and a lot of listeners who listen to this who know me, know I'm the goofiest little son of a gun you'll ever meet. I, I like to have fun. I, I don't. I don't let the stuff I have overcome me. I overcome it. I I I, I take that challenge. Okay, you want to that my feet peeled and it's raw? I'll step on you. I don't care. You know. And I told him, you ever amputate me? I'll sit on a chair and cut hair all day. But some balta will screw your head up for about three to four weeks. I'm telling you. I mean, I would drive and I'd go, how in the hell did I get to work today? Taking that Promodone? Cleared it up. I'm more of aware of what my surroundings are. I'm, I'm more clearly. I mean, I can remember every phone number I've ever had as a child. I can remember... All my friends' addresses. I can remember everything about my childhood. There is nothing I, I have forgotten. And Promodone has helped it. Hmm. See, you mentioned, uh, Angela, gabapentin now. My wife and I have both been on that um, for various reasons. Not a fan now because we both had a lot of uh, nasty side effects. Has as as your husband been on that stuff for quite a while? 
Um, he goes on and off of it, and they try different things, and then they'll put him back on because they don't work. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's the problem, though. You can't just go off and on. So whatever doctor is having you go off and on that, it, it, you, you, can't do, you can't do it. But, you know, like Lyrica, there's no way I could stop Lyrica because it's addicting. It doesn't make you high, but it, it controls a lot of my nerve pains and, and my functions. I mean, my, my, my hands are numb. My right foot and my left foot now burn like crazy. The inside of my thighs just are, one side burns, one side is numb. And then sometimes going up my wrist, I'll have a little bit of numbness. It comes back. And, and I, I mean, it, but, and, and then my hands hurt. They don't burn, but they hurt. And I think it's because I'm, I'm always doing something like this. You know, I'm always doing this because I'm trying to get the feeling back in them. Uh -huh. So, you know, and, and I hope this helps a lot of veterans out there. To, to hear our stories and what we're going through because some people may come back and say, hey, Kevin, why don't you try taking this? Why don't you try this type of therapy? Why don't you try that? And that's what we, that's what I'm saying. To me, this is Veterans Connecting and the wife. And let me tell you, your job's a whole lot harder than what a vet's job was. Hell, your husband's gone. You got to raise kids. Hell no. I couldn't do that. They wouldn't be able to find my kids. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, there's no way. I mean, the pressure that y'all went through. But is there anything else that you, you would like to add, Angela? Stay strong. Keep fighting. Keep researching. Get in the groups on Facebook. When you need a break take a break. Don't go down the rabbit hole. Huh. You. I take like, if you look at my Facebook, I'm on there, I'll make a couple of comments. And then I won't go back on for two weeks. Because I've researched things. And I've gone down the rabbit hole, and I need the break. So you have you have to stay steadfast, but for your own mental wellness, you have to take a break and stand by your veteran, whether you're a male or a female, stand by your veteran because they need you. Amen. Never know. John, you got any famous last words? <laughs> famous last words. No, you know me, usually I'm a motor mouth. Uh, but no, Angela, we really appreciate you coming on. Um, and you, you definitely, I, I concur with Kevin, your job, I think is a hell of a lot more difficult. We, uh, we as a veteran did our jobs and now we're out. And now the person that we're uh, choosing to go through life with is the one that's got to live with all the BS that we dish out and try not to slap the shit out of us. Right. <laughs> you know, but... <laughs> but uh, no, I, I, I don't know what else. Uh, just thank you for doing what you're doing, Angela. I know it's, you know, and I'm, you know, my wife puts up with a lot. I'm, uh, you know, your, your husband's dealing with a lot. You're dealing with a lot, helping your husband along, but we appreciate that. Um, not to hear again, I know that you're not looking for a thank you. You're just doing what, because you love him and it's, it's what you do. Um, but that being said, there's, I know there's a lot of work that you're doing. It takes a lot, you know? And my last word isn't just thank you. God bless you. I tell you what, I mean, I, 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 I can't understand because I know he's going through worse than, than, than what I am. But the one thing I can do is give you, you know, some hope and prayers. And if you ever need me, please reach out to me reach out to John. Absolutely. And I, I mean, and this is going to, I believe this episode 
is is a is a very important because veterans need to know and their spouses need to hear a caregiver caregiver come on and say, hey, this is what I've gone through. This is what my struggles are. This is what his struggles are. But you know one thing I did not hear you say out of the whole thing is anything about how you blame him. It's it's it or it's his problem. You sat there and it was basically it's our problem. And and that's awesome. It is our problem. Okay. And we'll and, so and you know, something else for the caregivers. They need to support their spouses, brothers and sisters, which I try to do all the time. I answer phone calls, I message people, and they all know I'm there for them anytime they need me. And do you, is there a Facebook group out there for it? Uh, not that I have, no. There should be one. There really should be a Facebook group. And it doesn't have to be called Gulf War. It could be Veterans Caregivers. So anybody wants to create one, I got enough. And, but if anybody wants to create one, I think that would be fabulous because then the kids, the spouses, everybody can come in. So if anybody's listening to it and you want to go out and create one, by golly, by all means, somebody go out and create a caregivers, a veterans caregivers Facebook page. And it could be from World War One till now. I mean, I, I think that would be an awesome thing for caregivers to come along. You know, like Camp Lejeune has theirs. You know, and how they're all getting together. But, I, you, you know, I'm just putting it out there. I hope somebody will do it for y'all. So, um, when this airs, I promise you, this this... People need need to hear this. Thank you. And thank you for everything. Thank you for listening to Go For Side Effects. If you have any stories you would like to share or just have any comments or questions, please email me at kevinsimon at goforsideeffects.com. Just to let all of our listeners know, we have opened an online store. 